The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Pleather, and my guest is Scottish actor Laura McMonagall. Laura talked about her early days on BBC Scotland soap River City before going on to work with people like Ken Loach and Martin Compton. We discussed the added pressure of portraying real-life people such as a character in the Paul Ferris biopic The Wee Man, among others. And Laura shines a light on the experience of her latest film project, To Be Someone, a film about mods, music and organised crime. And as always, we chat about loads more. So if you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it because it's a great help. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash bleddered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't fret about debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. Take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free debt advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. So you're down in London just now, you've had an illustrious acting career, but it all has to start somewhere, and it started for you with your mum, Bridget, and your dad and brother, both Michael. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it was it Kings Park you grew up in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What was this, what was life like for you just growing up? Because I'm quite curious as to how you sort of got the acting bug and, and how you get into that. Um, I had an amazing, absolutely amazing childhood. So, like, my parents are two of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Um, still my best mates. My brother is the same. Um, and I, I actually was an Irish dancer, right? That's like what everyone at my school done when you were when you were young. Um, and then about, I don't know. I think I think when I got to about sort of ten or something, I don't know where it came from because none of my mates talked about it or wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just said to mom, like, I, I, I kind of want to go to a drama school. And she was, <laughs> she's a big River City like River City River dance mum. So she's right. like wanting me to do that. It's funny how I said Riverside because obviously that's where I went into. But she's a big river dance mum, you know, wanting me to go into that and everything. And I'm like, I want to do drama school. And she's like, but you miss your dance classes that night, whatever. But anyways, it was fine. And, and she supported me to do it. And basically that's where it started. So I just went on from there, drama schools. And I got an agent quite young. And So like, the, see the first thing you got, was it were you picked for a part was it a, a BBC children's drama called Stacey yeah. Stone is that right yeah so that that was because I went to Holyrood so that's right. like one it was well it was then one of the biggest schools in Europe so I had a really big drama department so people mm-hmm. would come and cast some TV things sometimes so right. you know that, that was a brilliant thing about it so I actually I got cast in that it was only an episode but it was brilliant Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually through that that I got an agent. So it was right, like 13, okay. 13, 14. So there's a funny thing because I suppose a wee bit later, was it 17 you were applying for like drama skills when you got 
the River City job, which in essence was your sort of grounding and, and trading, wasn't it? Yes, uh-huh, yeah. So I came down to London <clears throat> with my mum and my aunt had brought me down to sort of, you know, audition for a couple of uh, drama schools and then went back and, and I'd got th- this audition for River City. And to be honest, I had never seen it before because I was so busy. I was always dancing or drama school. I, I didn't know I didn't know anyone on it. So mm-hmm. I was sort of going for the audition and I'm like, who's that? Like, trying to pretend like, you know, I knew who everyone was. But um, that that was the best start of a career for me ever, you know, just you, mm-hmm. you, you, can't, you can't learn any more than being on a job, you know? Why? What What is the type of learning? Because as somebody who doesn't have much experience with acting, you kind of just think it's you turn up, you learn your lines and, you know, you stand in front of the camera and then that's you, you go away. But I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's a lot more multidimensional than that. It's it's hectic. It's they they film so much in short in such a short space of time. So you're mm. you're given like you know you're filming maybe fifteen scenes in one day, and you're jumping from maybe you know say just say say there was eight eight episodes. You're jumping from episode one to episode eight, coming back to five. You know, so you're having mm. to you're going to you're having to jump in and out your headspace and remember you know where your character would be then, and and, and also. One of the things that at the time I was like, fuck, you know, this is so hard. But now I look back and I'm so happy about it is that they would give you new scripts sometimes on the way to set and they would go, we've changed it. And you're like... You're having to learn it then. Give me a sec. Uh So you're just having to learn it then. But I can can learn learn lines now really quick because of that. See, like when you've been flung in the deep end that way, what is that typical or is that very intense because what I'm thinking is if you're learning that at the very start then if you go into another environment or say working on a film or or something else is it maybe a wee bit slower paced a bit easier 100% so so I thought that was normal you know because that was my first job but you know you know finding out quite quickly once I'd left and on other things that's not and and it feels weird on films having so much time to do a scene yeah. or, or and, and you also have options. Sometimes the director will say, You could do you want to do it again? You know, and you're like, I've, I've, I've got the choice, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Whereas on that, it's just like bang, 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 and then out, you know. It, what was it like from a, I, I, I don't, I, oh, cut off every okay. second. Ah, yes, fine. Um, what was it like from, I don't want to use the word, celebrity and fame because that sounds really sort of vacuous but do you know what I mean because you would start to be recognised and at a young age as well that must be well I mean I would guess difficult to kind of balance with people recognising you or I don't want to say getting above your station but did you ever have any sort of experience like that? What with me? Well I just mean like you know being being 17 and like a 17 year old's ego could be quite easily inflated and not that I'm suggesting that no, you would no, be I, sort of I, I difficult. fully get I fully understand now what you mean um, no I, I, I'm just like I've got too many amazing mates and family around me that, I mean that just would never be able to happen If even right. if I gave it a, even if I tried it it would just be like calm down hen you know mm-hmm. like no <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, I know, but, it, but, it, was, but it was hectic and it was you know, life changing all of a sudden, you know, like you say, people were kind of recognizing you, whatever else. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably different for me because it was an it was just a Scottish thing. So it wasn't, you know, 
And yeah. uh, Scottish people were so nice. So it was like, it was always, Aye. you know, it was always good experiences. Because it seems to me like if you'd you'd sort of wanted to start doing that at the age of 10, 11, and it would have been quite a lot of years of whether it was drama school or like going to these classes that that would have been your priority, like the craft or the art as opposed yeah. to the, the trappings yeah, yeah, that yeah. Totally, 100%. It's just always, it's always what I wanted to do. Was it was it five years that you were there? Four or five yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm quite interested as to why you left because there's a lot of people I think, understandably so, would, would think, well, this is a sure thing. This is really comfortable and sort of in the yeah. groove of it. Like, why would you leave it for something that that wasn't guaranteed? Did you move to go into theatre just to try another challenge? I did, yeah. And, you know, m- my parents, you know, my, my dad was a joiner, mom's a social worker, you know, they... Mm-hmm. They, they they were like what are you doing you know like you, like, like you say you know you're in this Aye. like comfortable job you've got you know always got money coming in but I, j- I just didn't do it for that you know and mm-hmm. I sort of got this opportunity to audition for the National Theatre of Scotland and I previously went for a sort of open day for it um, and the casting director at the time kind of said to me you know when you train you can come back and mm-hmm. then that really pissed me off because I was like I've done my training. I might not have went to a proper, you know, big legit drama school, but I've done my mm-hmm. training, right? So I will come back without. So anyway, I so had it in my head. So anyway, I went for the audition and I got the part and she actually said to me after the first show, you don't need to train, darling, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. oh yes, I know I did. Like, but but <laughs> anyways, um, so that was sort of what kind of set me, set me to just wanting to get that, you know, and, I mean, it was definitely hard, you know, I'd done the theatre for maybe a year and I'd done another play straight after and then nothing, you know, and mm-hmm. you're kind of going, shit. That must be like the, the difficult part of, you know, working in that profession because there'll be times when, you know, you're, you've got work coming out your ears or you've got offers constantly coming. Um, but then there's times of sort of insecurity, like, do you have that, say there's a wee period where the phone doesn't ring? Is there times where you second guess yourself and you think, oh no, like, is that me finished? Because I, I get like that when, if I go like say a week or two without something coming into my inbox, uh-huh. I'm like, fuck, I'm finished, when it's not really the case. I definitely have been, been you know, in that position many times and I never ever second guess myself, which is funny, like, I just always... I always know it will it will be okay, but I definitely mm-hmm. get to a point where I go, you know, what am I going to do? So I've had jobs in pubs and a wait, I've been a waiter, I've worked in production offices. Like I just, as long yeah. as I keep something going, you know, then, I mean, that's what kind of gets me through it. Do you see that as like just a wee thing that you need to do? Because there's a lot of people who would go, no, I, that's that's beneath me. You know, I'm I'm an actor, I'm a performer. Do you see it as a way of keeping the, the dream alive, you know, in the past when you've you've had to? See, see, to be honest, like, I'm going to show up in this window, sorry. Um, right. See, to be honest, see, when I, um, when I first moved to London, like, I'd never worked in a bar or never had to kind of do anything like that. And I absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was it's uh, and you learn so much about people that you can use in your acting yeah so i really i used it for like for that as well you know i'd imagine like the way i would see that as well is uh, you know on top of taking inspiration it probably grounds you in a certain way because 
I don't know, it'll just remind you how fortunate you are to be doing what you Definitely. love if you have those wee stints. 100%. And, you know, there's some actors that I went to drama school with at youth theatre, you know, when I was younger. And, you yeah. know, they're still really hanging in there. And, you know, they've, got, they've had a couple of things. And, you know, and I think, you know, I, I've, I've done quite a lot of things, you know, and I feel so lucky in that sense. But it also makes me look at them and be really proud that they're still hanging in there too, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if maybe things hadn't worked out the way for me as they had, whether I would have kept hanging in this long, you know. Yeah. I was waiting till now to sort of get my first acting job then. I don't know. I know. Most people would be kind of... I don't know, put off and think, right, well, it's maybe mm-hmm. not going to happen. Yeah. I think you're a great a great example for people because I interviewed a guy, oh God, in London. This was like two years ago, actually. And uh, he went to RADA mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he always felt as if the only way into acting was through a sort of prestigious drama school or, mm-hmm. or through like proper high-level training. But it is possible that, you know, for anybody listening, maybe want, who would want to pursue acting or to... I don't know, undertake anything. I think you're a great example of there isn't the conventional route isn't the only route. Like there are other ways sort of into things. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, yeah. But if I hadn't got into River City then I would have done the drama school thing because it's definitely it definitely does help you out a lot, you know, to to get into things or get seen get seen by people or get an agent because you'll do your showcase at the end and stuff like that. But if you do get into it younger and you I just I think youth theatre is an amazing thing for you know kids if you want to if you're considering being an actor or you know mm. youth theatre is, is is huge now you know and from the ages of kind of 10 to 16 17 get into it now you know like because mm-hmm. that's how you end up getting seen for things <clears throat> somebody somebody else I spoke to who didn't go down the sort of conventional route to get into acting is somebody you've worked with we'll talk about later Martin Compton <laughs> yeah, uh, and the wee uh-huh. man and he was saying that he felt uh, he felt sort of like an obligation or like a sort of I don't know an internal um, pull I suppose to really prove himself because he didn't go down that way yeah. did you ever have that or did because you kind of the way you started yeah, did yeah. you feel as if I need yeah, to prove I myself definitely yeah I think especially with the story I told you about the theatre thing, you know, I really, really wanted to do that and really prove yeah. that that woman wrong, you know. And mm-hmm. and see, the thing is, even if she even if she didn't say what she said, you know, I still would have felt like I did. But no, it, for sure, for sure. I mean, there is that sort of... I don't know what word to use here. <laughs> uh, I can swear, yeah. Like there oh, is a sort of that, I mean, there is that sort of wanky side of acting where, or of of the of the acting industry where you know yeah. you, people are looked down looked down on if they haven't trained. But things are changing, like you say, you know, and with Martin and loads of other actors are coming up from you know proper working class backgrounds that haven't went to drama school. You know, hopefully mm. that's going to continue. Well, so somebody who favours actors that, that haven't gone through the whole drama school route mm. because you get like a, a very raw and authentic sort of expression from them. Uh, mm. One of my favourite directors, Ken Loach. Now, you're in uh-huh. his film, A Font yeah. Kiss, which, by the way, if anybody's not seen it, is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good movie. What was it like working with him? Because that, you know, that was wild. I mean, I was, again, I got cast in that through school, through my high school. Uh-huh. Um, and they filmed a lot of it in my school, so I know the scenes that that is like the whole of it. And um, 
I mean, that was wild. He, he would give you a script and it would just be blank. <laughs> <laughs> so there would be, you know, there'd be lines of like dialogue, dialogue, then you would, then it would just be blank and you'd be like, what's happening here, pal? You know, you've missed out. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no, no, that's just complete impro. So just go for it. You know, so I thought, I, I loved that. I thought that was fascinating to work with someone like that who just wants you just go for Aye. it sort of thing. Is it, I've, I've heard about Ken Loach before that he also, he either sometimes he won't say action and he won't say cut. Uh-huh. He'll kind of just let you go. Did just you let it run. Yeah, yeah. There was a scene, I mean, I haven't seen it in so long now, but it's sort of all the school pupils are all kind of shouting and whatever else and he'd sort of just let everyone go for it and it, and, and like you say it just was going on and on <laughs> it was like you know we kept going everyone's shouting and swearing because this is a part of the scene but it's like I'm like wait has he forgot <laughs> you know what I mean has he forgot <laughs> we're doing this but that like you say that's what he likes he likes that the rawness uh-huh. did you, you know? did you have an understanding of just how because he's, in, I think he's incredible. Like his work, uh, his body of work is just unbelievable. Did you have an understanding or a realization at the time of who you were working with, or was it only as you get a wee bit older? Um, I think I think I adjusted because I think I was about sixteen, maybe sixteen when I done it, something like that. I, I I just sort of I knew of a couple of things, but like you say, as soon as I started getting a bit older and I was getting more into the kind of industry, you know, I, I mm-hmm. figured out very quickly, you know how amazing he was yeah did did that help with you getting work in the future with people see you being in a Ken Loach production um because I feel like it's a big weight to have sort of on your CV at maybe, such an early stage I don't know maybe it's, it's hard to know why casting directors pick to see you but I mm-hmm. mean I'm sure that I'm sure that I helped in the, in, in the past uh-huh. you, uh you mentioned there about moving down to London was, yeah. Did you did you move down with the hope of right? I'm going to go after work, or did you get a part in lip service and then go down? I moved because I got a bigger agent. Mm-hmm. And my the agent basically said to me, "I I, I had a London oh, wait, I need to close this window. <laughs> it's pouring down. Feel like oh, I'm in, feel like I'm in Glasgow. <laughs> um, well, it's actually all right. Up here <laughs> it happens every time. Every time I come home, I'm just like, well, it's lovely here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I had I had a quite a good agent before, and they were based in London, but they never ever said like you have to move. And then once I moved to the next agent, they were like, "You've got to come down." Like, yeah. and I was like, "Do you know what?" I, it was always on the cards for me anyway. So, um, I basically decided, and within a week, I'd got a massive van. <laughs> Even though my dad says he would never forget the biggest van you've ever seen, and just waved and drove to London <laughs> with my mate. That was God's it. Sake. Seven years ago. That's funny. That is is that is that way down to being young and think because a lot of people as you get older, people kind of second guess things and go, "Oh, I don't know, man. It's a big risk." Or or was it also probably, because you're going after the dream? Probably a bit of both. Like, I mean, I was Aye. what age was I? Twenty eight at the time, and I was just like, and one of my mates that I knew for years, she was moving down to go to uni, and it was just like everything just was working out. I was like. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. go, you know. I'm a single, like, you know, I had mates down here, so I just went for it. Mm-hmm. Was it, and I'm was glad it just I did. like, <laughs> I, I mean, could it's up. Whereabouts in London do you stay just now? Have you always stayed I, in the same part? No, when I first moved, I was like southeast, and then right. I was only there for about six months, and then I moved to West Hampstead, and I've, mm-hmm. I've been here since, really. 
So was north, just the like, northwest. Aye, was it just like getting into a sort of party bubble, or were you just like fully focused in work? Um, I mean, Glasgow is the party central place of life. Like, let's be honest Aye. here, right? So I was, I, I don't, I'd been, I'd had my plenty of party bubble going on before I'd came down, but you mm-hmm. know, I still have a party now and again, but it's different down here. You know, you've got mates, but nobody's five minutes away. You've got a mate that's, everyone's an hour away. So you can't just that's go, mental. let's just jump in a car and I'll see you and we'll have a, like, we'll catch up. You know, everything's got to be quite planned. Aye. What I find nuts about London is somebody's an hour away, but like as the crow flies, they're probably about five minutes away. Oh, it just takes it. you that long to that's get it. places. Absolutely. Totally. So um, it's probably a good time that for, for such a big place you're probably slightly more ostracised then or not ostracised but you know what I mean like you're kind of isolated a wee bit well you are you are definitely and that that is one thing about London you know like my brother lives here as well and he's in Brixton so he's down there and I'm here you know and it's an hour mm-hmm. to get to see to get, get to him and I, I didn't see him there for a month you know and it's like nah. it's just because you know, sometimes you're like oh I can't be bothered it's going to take me an hour two hours to get home you're like I'll just see you next time, you know. It's, but then you get to a point where you're going, I miss, I miss my pals or I miss someone, you know, because because you don't get to see them enough. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you miss home, like, or do you see yourself down there for the long term? I'll be down here for the long term. And even before I met my fiancé, I'm actually getting married in eight weeks. Oh, um, are you? Yeah. Congratulations. So even before, even before I met him, I was, I was always going to stay here. I wasn't going to move back and. Mm-hmm. I love home. I love it. Love being from Glasgow. I love my friends and family so much. But my brother's here. My mum and dad spend half the year in Malta. So they're, it's, it's actually cheaper for me to fly to Malta than get the train to Glasgow. <laughs> that <laughs> like, honestly pisses me off so much that that is like, the way it is. Are you kidding me? Like, and um, know. you know, a lot of my mates come down now. So, you know, like Phil, you know, a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> yes. He's, I feel like, <laughs> he is, he not, is he down me. just now? I was with him on Saturday for a party, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's the way back up now. Uh-huh. Uh, he's been he's been the cause of some of the worst hangovers in my life, but we love him. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody's got that in, in common when it comes to film. <laughs> totally. uh, when they change him, uh, see this show that you that you ended up on uh, that was in America. I think mm-hmm. it was CNN. Beyond reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Was that sort of one of the early things that you early jobs that you got when you came down? Yeah, so what did I do first? I think the first job I got when I came down was Foot Soldier. Right, I was Rise that Rise of Foot, Foot Soldier, Soldier 3. Uh-huh. So I got that because, do you know the Groucho? Have you heard of the Groucho? It's a private aye, members aye. club in London. Right, you know One of the best nights of my life I've been in yes. that place. <laughs> so I, I've been a, like, a member there for quite a like I'd say, since I've came down. And I went and I met, I bumped into the producer, the producer from. Was it Dan Pagan? No, I know him though. Um, Aye. It was Andy Loveday. Right. So he's a producer from The Wee Man. And, right, they, okay. and I bumped into him in the Groucho, and he basically was like, he just looked at me and he said, Can you audition tomorrow? And <laughs> I was like, It's two in the morning. Yes. <laughs> and he <laughs> says, uh, It's for Rise of the Foot Soldier. And I'll be honest, I hadn't ever watched any of those movies before. And mm-hmm. I just went, right, and he says, because we can't find the girl, basically, to play uh, his his wife. So I just went straight home and watched the movie because I was like, yeah. you know, if this is going to happen, I need to know what I'm doing. So anyway, I, I, I auditioned the next day and 
had a couple of recalls and then I, I got that. And then I think a few months later, I got that American thing. Right. Um, but no, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. So for it, like for anybody that's unaware, Rise of the Foot Soldier is like the sort of the films that are based around the the infamous Rettenden murders in Essex in nineteen ninety five, the so called Essex Boys saga. I actually lived in Essex when that the, when that took place. Did you really? I, but I mean, I was five, so I don't remember. My like, my I, fiance's I from Essex. <laughs> is he? I whereabouts? Yeah, Brentwood. Right, okay. I was the other mm-hmm. side. So it was my mum got a job as a teacher and uh, we moved to a place called Canvey Island, which is like right on the coast. Okay, um, okay. It's actually like it's actually like a peninsula, but it's called Canvey Island. And then we lived in Leon Sea, which is like beside oh, yeah, South yeah, End. Yeah. Oh, right. And that's um, where we filmed a lot of Foot Soldier, was at South End? Aye. Um, I, 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 I like those films. Like I, I really like the Essex Boys one. I'm still, I kind of wonder what the, the truth was. Um, but what see the, the Pat Tate one is that when he's like it starts off when he's in Spain and he's just absolutely wrecking the yes. place and then comes yeah. back right okay yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Terry Stone mm-hmm. in those films as well someday I was actually due to speak to him um, right he was I think he was filming again mm-hmm. um, what see like playing and, and this I suppose this question will sort of tie in with the wee man when you're playing those types of films or those types of roles do you get nervy because it's they're real people and they're obviously like a very controversial, sensitive sort of chain of events? Yeah, um, especially with the wee man. I actually, my aunt, Fred, or my aunt's like someone she knew, knew the girl I was playing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh my God. So I sort of found out as much as I could about her, you know. And um it is nerve-wracking because you just hope that you you know you've done that person justice or mm-hmm. but um and also yeah like you're saying it is sensitive the whole you know what the whole thing's about and for me I just try and detach myself from it and just feel like I'm playing a character I'm playing a part you know mm-hmm. I'm not getting too involved in it you yeah. know um was there any blowback in any way for the wee man um uh-huh. Well, we had to film in London. Aye, the police were just preventing it, weren't they? Were they, they, were they basically taking the stance that, oh, this is a, a profiting or benefiting from crime and we're just not granting a licence or we're not cooperating? I don't know. I think there was a bit of that. And then I think there was also a bit of, like, you know, for safety reasons. They just didn't know mm-hmm. who could turn up on set. So, what the hell? Uh-huh. <laughs> but we didn't really kind of find that out till you know, kind of further into filming. We just thought that they'd got the studio and it looked better and everything else. But anyways, Aye. we were all fine and safe. <laughs> Did you, when it came out, like what was the sort of, because I remember going to see it, I enjoyed it because I'd like read the books and stuff by uh-huh. people at Reg McKay. Yeah, I, I and actually by... had as well when I was about, 12, I'd read the Ferris book. My dad gave me it on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, did that, how weird did that feel for you that you're then playing so weird. My dad's always like, see, I gave you that book, you know, like, like he made it happen, you know. <laughs> did you, um, did cool. you, did you at any point have, because I'd imagine he was a consultant on the film, wasn't he, Paul Ferris? Did you so, meet up with him? Um, in my auditions, I didn't know that he was actually hiding around the corner. Right. I didn't know. So he was in quite a few of them and, Luckily enough, um, when I had left my first audition, he came out and said, like, she's going to have to play the part. So mm-hmm. that was, I'm so glad that he was there to pick that. But other than that, like, he was on set a couple of times, but I never really chatted with him or, mm-hmm. no. 
I think it's, it's, it's quite mental when you think about it because when you actually think it wasn't that long ago, if you look at some of the things that are going on with some, I don't know, for want of a better term, some mad bastards now, it's kind of uh-huh. like just making a film a film about them in like 10 to 15 years. And Because mm-hmm. it seems, for, for me and I'm sure for you as well, it seems such an abstract thing because it all kind of really took place when we were either very young or possibly not even born. Uh-huh. Um, you said in 2017, I found this quite interesting. You said, I've never had any easy parts in my career and I'm still waiting to play that really sweet girl next door, but mm-hmm. I just don't think I have the face for that. What do uh-huh. you mean by that? Do you mean, that, like, do you mean like because of the roles that you've played? Pretty much. I just, just, I think as well, because of the way I am, like my whole kind of persona and attitude is, you know, I'm quite a strong kind of mm-hmm. person. Like, like I always say, like I'm never going to play like Kira Knightley, you know. I I would always be her mate, you know, like <laughs> yeah. her mad mate on the side, <laughs> which which uh which I like. I like having those parts. The new film I've got coming out, I'm a bit nice, a bit sweeter sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but I still don't take any shit from my husband in it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, we um before we talk about that, yeah, the, yeah. the the new film is the new film to be someone. Mm-hmm. Um, a tale of tale of mods, music, and organised crime. I'm really interested in that and the people that you're you're working mm-hmm. alongside. But okay. just one sort of final final question mm-hmm. I've got about the uh, the show Beyond Reasonable Doubt. So you played uh-huh. find this really funny, a high class Las <laughs> Vegas escort. But unfortunately for you, people will watch that and go, "Oh, that's amazing! She got to go to Las Vegas to film oh, no. that." But you never. Where did you no. film it? Birmingham. How shit is that? <laughs> it was so shit. And see, when I'd got the bar, I was like. I cannot wait for this flight. I couldn't even wait for the flight to Vegas. Right? My, my agent's like, you're already buzzing for W. Now. Smith. Send the details through now, and I'm like, the train in Birmingham. You fucking me. It was like, and also, just what made it even worse was like, I got to the hotel, and all and all it looked on it was the motorway. You know, just like everything was shit. Okay. No, I mean, it was a great part, and the the whole cast and crew were brilliant but yeah, yeah. I didn't get to go to Vegas that is amazing though right? like people people in America are watching you on TV like did you get to watch or did they send you the, the footage or whatever I've seen bits of it yeah yeah uh, um, it's quite hard hitting to be honest it's quite graphic mm. you know um, but my aunt my, my aunts I've got some family over there they, they all seen it uh, so that was quite cool. it's quite mental to think that for all you know Right now, there could be somebody in Alabama that's watching it on like a repeat on some random channel I somewhere. I know. Hey, Alabama. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, to, to go to the, to the new film, so first of all, when is it out? Friday. Oh, it's out on Friday? Uh-huh. Right, where can people see it? The Showcase Cinemas. Um, so I think in Glasgow, the Showcase is, is it Paisley or something like that? Uh, so there's there's one in Cote Bridge and there's one in Linwood. I think they're showing those. I think they're showing those. Um, I'm I'm going to go and see it then because first of all, see the showcase. They've mm-hmm. got the Lux thing where you can like put your feet up in the recliner. Right, <laughs> you're going to go and but kick back with your I, like, <laughs> my my nachos and my juice <laughs> and my hot dog and all that. But because I've not been to pictures for ages and there's been nothing worth seeing because it's no, all been I like, know. I think I think because um, see obviously because COVID and everything, it's all Mm -hmm. to do with slots. 
So every right. day we're getting sent more cinemas. More cinemas are taking it. Aye. It's trying to slot it in. Um, and I've looked on like the website for the Glasgow one because my mum and all that are asking, but it still wasn't showing up on there. So I don't know whether it's slotting in over one of the movies that's already there. If you know What's, what I mean. Aye, I get you. So, so Friday, Friday's going to be the 9th of July. That's it. So it's released then. Um, so that I mean, this will probably be out before then. So if you're listening, let's say if this is Thursday, film's out tomorrow, go and see it. Yeah, go so tomorrow. You, you've described it. It's a light-hearted gangster comedy movie, something along the lines of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, but set in the world of the mods. Right, I'm mm-hmm. fucking sold, like, based on uh-huh. that one. But, I mean, what can you tell me about, or tell us about the film without giving away too much? Well, I mean, as a crime caper set on a mm-hmm. mod backdrop, it's... It's light-hearted, um, it's stylish, it's got really good music, um, it's just, it's fun, you know, and I think, Aye. especially after all the shit that we've just all went through, or I mean, we're still going through it, but at least we're sort of coming at the other end, it's a yeah. good movie to see, to come out at this point, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. summer's here, you know, it's, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I wouldn't really call it a gangster movie. You know, there is sort of like yeah. snippets of it in it, maybe, but like just a bit. But most of it is quite funny, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm up for it because I watched the trailer. And because uh, when I had when the pictures opened, I was like, yes, let's go. And honest to God, man, it was. Peter like, Rabbit. <laughs> no, I, but the other choices are like fucking Schindler's List and Sophie's Choice. Oh, I'm going, oh, fuck this. Like, I need something that, like, a wee bit light, like, I know. something to uh-huh. watch. Uh-huh. Please. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, the, the cast seems really good. Leslie Ash is in it. She mm-hmm. plays your mother in law. Mm-hmm. Is, is that ever weird? Because I'm assuming that like, you'll, you'll have seen her and stuff. Like, we, we've all mm-hmm. seen her in, in people. She was in Men Behaving Badly for people who don't mm-hmm. know and loads of other things. Or do you, do you just kind of get on with it and it's the job? Because I just feel like I would be a wee bit like, oh my God, that's... I mean, I, I was definitely a wee bit like, oh my God, for a minute. But she's just so brilliant. Like, she's a mate, a really good mate of mine now, you know? And Aye. she she's just just so down to earth and humble, you know? It was like, you see, because her, Toya Wilcox, uh, Gary Shale, Mark Wingett, they'd all been in Quadrophenia together. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the kind of main cast from Quadrophenia are back are in this. Aye. So, so this sort is of almost is a sequel, in it? Ish. Um, it's not a sequel, but it's uh-huh. the same vibe, you know. But they're they're all the older ones, and we've kind of came in as a kind of younger leads now, and mm-hmm. and see see just like the way that they just like were so welcoming to all of us. It, it was honestly the, one of the best casts I've ever worked with. It was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just every day was such a laugh on set. We. Do, do you like because of the way COVID has been and it has really disrupted the sort of film and television like production industry? Do you know what's coming up or is, is there other projects that are now starting to pick up again? And you know, how was it during COVID? I know, like, honestly, I'm, I'm sorry for even saying the word right because I'm sick of talking about it, uh-huh. like, like that. But I'm interested in how it sort of impacted mm-hmm. industry. Like, with things that you were working on, did it just grind to a halt? I think at this. At the very beginning, it sort of did, but then um, Leslie, actually Leslie Ash is part of um, a thing called Books Office, where we were, we were doing all these online readings. Right. Um, so it was all on all through Zoom, and people would kind of like tune in and watch us all read. And I mean, they have big 
big names and Russell Brand was in one of them and you know it was all quite that so that that ended up becoming such a good thing for you know me especially as an actor and the kind of other people part that were part of it to have mm-hmm. something to do you know so it was like it was uh, because you know obviously we couldn't go out and film anything but at least we could still act online you know whether that mm-hmm. and it was only you know we weren't able to do it in person but at least it was something so we've done that but I actually fell pregnant at the very start of lockdown <laughs> I know I was literally just a bit of ass that there <laughs> so lockdown wasn't too bad for me for what <laughs> because I had a baby um, so a wee bit preoccupied <laughs> yeah um was it December that he was born October 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 what mm-hmm. date Seventh. Oh, I'm the twenty sixth. I thought we were maybe. Oh, Alex is his um his dad's the twenty seventh. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You shall be skint every October then, haven't you? I know. I know. It for presents. <laughs> I know. How has that been? Like how? Because I don't have any kids, and you always hear people say, "Oh, it just everything changes," and I've never really understood what that means. Like how? How does life change you? How is it just the way that you see the world? The way you. Do you know what? Like. I actually don't fully feel like that. Like, I feel that um, our life is still, I mean, it's changed because we've got a baby and, you know, you're looking after and keeping a baby alive every day, you know, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> just And just seeing him change every day, it's the most beautiful, exciting thing ever. But he definitely fits into our lives as well. You know, we still go and do nice things and, mm-hmm. you know, and he just comes along. <laughs> You know? Aye, he's just there, just there Aye. for a ride. Yeah, yeah. Does he ever chip in with bills or is he a bit of a freeloader just now? Well, freeloading me now, but you know, he, he has had his first uh, modelling job, so he better pay me back. <laughs> oh, is he? What was it? <laughs> yeah. Me and him done a, a mum and baby thing for, it was a vitamins company called Personalised Vitamins. So right, him okay. and I had to do it. So he was just there, like. That's hilarious. So he can, he can, already. Aye, uh-huh. Paying his rent. <laughs> Is um do you, do you think there would ever be a possibility that he would be in like say if you're in a film or something and you're playing like a mother would you ever consider having him with you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It obviously depends on you know the logistics, but yeah, if I if I could uh, and and it would work, then yeah, it'd be great mm. to have him with me. Mm-hmm. That's quite funny. That's like two mm. birds, one stone, isn't it? He's I know, there, he's working, I know. but he's, he's still with <laughs> you anyway. You don't need to get somebody to watch him the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I so the film is out uh, Friday the 9th mm-hmm. um, so it's out in terms for, of project it's out for um, out, out on Friday the 9th and then on August the 9th it comes on I think it's Sky or Amazon one of them right okay so most people are watching movies like that now anyway so that's why they're mm-hmm. following it up quite quickly you know just Aye, thinking that, about that makes you sense know. Mm-hmm. Just an apology to anybody that can hear all sorts of booming I'm recording just in my office and I'm in a wee soundproof mm-hmm. booth. And it's so I've got like my office space, but there's like hot desks that people work in. Ah, okay. And I swear to fucking God, man. It's absolute <laughs> silence, right? And see the minute I start recording. You press something. record, that's it. Uh-huh. Honestly, fuck, <laughs> these people just find their voice. It's like, gonna shut up, man. <laughs> shouting at each other, like, going just talk to each other. Just normal. talk normal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sorry. So the thing I was going to ask was um, projects coming up, or do you know? Is there anything sort of in the pipeline, or are you just kind of focusing and just enjoying life now as we kind of crawl um, back to normality? Well, like, so we've got this set coming out, and then I'm getting married, and then we're hopefully going on honeymoon, and then there's talk 
I'm sort of, oh, he's up. I'm sort of in, to, um, in talks with a director I worked with before for up something else, but I can't really talk about it just now. <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll, sit, we'll, we'll come back to that. Another time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. when, when it's out, we can talk about it. Well, I'm assuming Annie, that's Annie the wee man. Grab him. Is that okay? Aye, he's, aye, he's woken up. That's all right. We'll just kind of, I'll, I'll let you think me and then we'll just kind of. Okay, give me one second. It's just because no his dad's on a call thing. Can come say hello? <laughs> we have a visitor. Oh. He's so cute. Oh, say hi. Look. Hi, Bo. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck is <laughs> the confusion on his face? That is absolutely hilarious. Hi, He's pal. He's always blue still. He's <laughs> saying hi. I'll put him down. He's got a face for the cameras. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of get back to, to mum duties, but thanks very much for, for your time. I really enjoyed having this with oh, No chat. worries. I know it was really cool. Um, and let me know if you're ever in London. <laughs> I will. Aye, I'll be I definitely. It's my favourite place, man. Well, it's got a lot to answer for because I always end up. You don't with... remember anything about it. I never do. No, and I always, uh, always take it a wee bit too far. But if you're going out, I think you may as well. Definitely. Right, smash it, bro. Again, uh, you can catch to be someone uh, cinemas from Friday the 9th and then you'll be able to get it uh, online just where you, where you would um, get everything well thanks everybody again for listening and we'll be back with another episode of Leather soon and it's bye for Bo as well I know bye <laughs> <laughs>